This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. Welcome to Sirius XM Octane, your home for the sound of 2002. What's up, everybody? I'm Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA, and welcome back to another edition of Viewer Comments. This is where I take your questions, concerns, thoughts, and ideas, and we have a little conversation. So thank you to everybody who comments, and today we are going to be talking about Weezer, System of a Down, OnlyFans, folk punk, facial hair, and swing dancing, among many other things, so stick around for that. First up from Mike Quinlan, thoughts on Weezer, specifically Pinkerton, being the beginning of emo. This is not true. This is a retcon. Let's say Weezer is like an alternative rock band that was emo adjacent, but the beginning of emo is, it started in 1986, I think it was, in DC, with Rites of Spring, Fugazi, Dag Nasty, all those bands. So it was already well underway before Weezer came along. From Maria Taylor, if you could choose an era of music to completely delete, i.e. the 70s, 80s, 2010s, do you guys remember Martin Shkreli, Pharma Bro? He's the guy who bought that one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang record for like a million dollars and never released the song. And I sent him a message telling him that he should buy the Refused discography and then burn all the masters and take it off all the streaming platforms just to enrage all the hipster hardcore people. And by the way, if you haven't watched the Best of Martin Shkreli channel on YouTube, it is absolute gold. The man is a legend. I'm talking about you sucking my dick. Yeah, that's not really going to make it into the paper. Not going to happen either? From Alex Baxter, many people blame labels like Fueled by Ramen for changing the sound of artists we know and love like a day to remember with your welcome. How much influence do you think record labels have over a band's sound, lyrics, and overall creative process? Well, I will say this, as long as I have known people in bands, which is a very long time, I personally have never heard anybody tell me that they had to change something because of what the label wanted. Not saying it's never happened, I'm sure it has, but 99% of the time, I think if something happens to a band's music, and you don't like it, the people to blame is the band. From Natalie Shannon 16 I got a question. Why don't you do a video on Celtic punk or horror punk? These genres are an important part of punk rock music. I would never say never, but anytime there's a genre that involves those hats I always make fun of, it's a problem. If the Boston guy hats are involved, chances are I'm not going to make a video about it. From Nick Udashini, you use the footage of Gene Simmons talking about how nobody wants to be a rock star anymore pretty often. I think Gene is mostly right, but I was wondering if you have any insight into why that may be. The big takeaway here is that the music is not the product, the artist is the product. 
The music is just one thing that this artist does, and it may be the main thing that they do, but at the end of the day, you are here to entertain, and your music is only part of that. Gene Simmons understands this. I'm sure he'd be the first to agree that he's not the world's best musician, but he is a great entertainer, and that is why Kiss is successful, because he understands this. And the people who succeed aren't the smartest, the fastest. You have to be willing to work longer and harder from Superhero Gains, as a creator, how do you manage your day to stay productive while still being able to enjoy downtime? To me, the key is routine. I get up at the same time every day. I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. I work out at the same time. We eat dinner at the same time. We go to bed at the same time. Like I know a lot of creative people don't like that kind of structure and like don't like routine, but I would say just maybe try it. See what you think. It might help. From Stubbs DK, I loved all Glassjaw's releases, but when they released their last record, I found it extremely underwhelming and kind of meh. Have you had a similar experience? I sure have. I've had that exact same experience every time I've listened to anything that Glassjaw has put out. From New Music, if you didn't become a music YouTube channel, what would you be doing? Making memes about personal finance or something along those lines? If I wasn't doing YouTube, I think I would probably have a software company of some kind. That's actually more relevant to my interests and experience and education and work history than making videos about music on YouTube. That's not something I ever thought I would do. I think some kind of product that helps creators figure out what kind of content to make and understand why their content is or isn't performing. From comics and quests. Why is life full of heartache and pain and ends in nothingness? Are these Touche Amore lyrics? If not, they should be. From Karen Von Guten, even though you most likely won't make a System of a Down video, can you at least say something about them for like 15 seconds? System of Down is one of those bands that is popular because they're a gateway band. In other words, that's oftentimes the first band that got people into like rock and metal or whatever. And that just isn't the case for me. I was already into that stuff for like 10 years before System of Down came along. So I don't have that emotional attachment to them. It's kind of like when I lived in Cincinnati, people from Cincinnati fucking love Cincinnati. But me, since I didn't grow up there, I was like, this place kind of sucks. <laughs> Why do you guys like it so much? And the title of this video is Cincinnati sucks. From Renee Rodriguez, do you think OnlyFans will be as successful as a marketing platform like TikTok or Instagram? I don't think OnlyFans is a marketing platform. I think it is a monetization platform. I would compare OnlyFans more to Patreon because it's not really gonna help you build an audience, but if you do have an audience, it will help you monetize that audience in some way. I think OnlyFans is a cool company. There's really no reason why they can't succeed and grow out of the adult thing. I think they kind of already are. From Grief Benny, an internet trend that you find worrying and one that you find encouraging. The most worrying trend on the internet for sure is just how fucking shitty people are to each other. Uh, but the flip side of that is what I find encouraging. Like fans now really genuinely care about supporting creators you know, like they ask, hey, does it help if I leave a comment on your videos or if I have some money and I wanna buy some merch or Patreon, like what helps you the most? People ask me that all the time and it's super cool that people care that much that they wanna understand how the business works so they can support you in the best way possible. From Dan H, you wake up with a full grown beard one morning and you have to wear it for 24 hours. How would you groom it? This is an easy one. I would shave it into one of those little soul patches because I would want people to think that I was either a youth pastor or the singer of some red state butt rock band. It's very awkward for me, but as you guys all know, I desperately want to embrace that butt rock aesthetic, so I gotta get a soul patch. What does it take to be a great youth pastor? 
Xbox 360, a copy of Rock Band, a moderately priced haircut. From Dinesh Valayath, how about making a video on financial literacy? Great idea, I actually did this a few months ago on my second channel. I will link to that in the description. Check that video out. From The Cruiser, if you could, would you bring back the homesick slash stand up and scream metalcore era or style? Well, I think those are two pretty different things. Like homesick is much more of like a pop punk kind of album to me that just happens to be tuned really low and have breakdowns. All you guitar nerds got mad when I said it was tuned to drop D and you're like, actually it's drop C sharp. Oh, okay, that's a world of difference. Asking are super successful and I respect them for that, but musically there's not a lot there that I would choose to bring back. But the world could never have enough albums like Homesick because that thing is a classic. That's up there with Enema of the State to me. It's just that good. From Hammy Interviews, why do people hate music on Octane whenever a good amount of it is actually really strong in the talent field? Personally, it's kind of funny to me because it's so dated. I mean, it's like, welcome to Sirius XM Octane, your home for the sound of 2002. But that seems to be what a big portion of the rock audience likes now and you know, good for them for capitalizing on that. That said, I don't think it's as important as a lot of people seem to think. And I was curious about this, so I asked a bunch of friends of mine who are managers in kind of the rock world, you know, that work with bands that would play all those big festivals and get and do get on Octane and stuff. And all of them said, yeah, it doesn't break new bands. Like it helps a band that's already broken get a little bit bigger. But if I had the choice between like a viral music video or trending on TikTok versus Octane, I would take the video or TikTok any day. So yes, it does matter, but I don't think it matters as much as a lot of people may think it does. From Joao Hayes, I hope I said your name right. How do you deal with the hate and bad comments? By the way, love your videos, keep up the amazing work. Most of the time it doesn't really bother me. The one thing that really does kind of bum me out is some people make fun of the way I look. That does hurt my feelings because I am sensitive about that because I'm old <laughs> and I don't like to be reminded of it. But it just comes with the territory, you gotta accept it. And honestly, most of the time, if I can take a step back and remove my emotions from the situation, it makes me just feel sorry for the person because I think what's wrong with this person's life that they have so much negative energy that they're gonna write a six paragraph long comment calling me all these horrible names because I don't like the same band that they do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like 
dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. From Holy Crap, it's MG. What inspires you to do YouTube other than the paycheck? I really like sharing ideas with people. And the reason why I read all my comments is because that is how I look at this. This is a conversation to me. I know there's a lot of people who just do post and ghost. You know, they put their video out and that's it. They never look at the comments or replies or anything. And you know, if that's how they want to do things, that's cool. But for me, I don't really understand the point of that. Like I may be the one sitting in front of the camera right now and I may be the one publishing the video, but it's just as much your video as it is mine. And to me, the video is just the starting point for a cool conversation that we're going to have. That is what inspires me, knowing that every time I put a video out, I'm going to get in a million cool conversations with a bunch of cool people. From Deathberry, what's your take on hero worship? I would say don't worship anybody because we're all human. If you get close enough, you're going to see anybody's flaws because we've all got them. So I would say rather than admiring people, especially people that you don't know, admire what they do and what they've accomplished. From Aaron Moore, advice for life balance. I have a full-time job, two bands, and a solo project, and a girlfriend. I love everything I do, but I'm just burned out. Well, you gotta prioritize, and you have to be honest with yourself about what you're able to do and what the trade-offs are involved with there. For example, you said you have two bands and a solo project. You might need to pick one of those. And I would suggest prioritizing your physical and mental health first, your relationships second, and then Everything else comes after that because if your health and relationships aren't in a good place, that's gonna affect your work. It's like building a foundation. Like the only reason that I'm able to do everything I do because fortunately I've been able to stay healthy over the years and importantly because of my wife, because she's so supportive. There's no fucking way I would be able to do half of what I do if I didn't have that stuff in place. From Stage Dive Bomb number zero, I've always been curious as to why there are so many intellectual figures within punk and hardcore in general. Just to name a few, Milo Ackerman, Greg Graffin of Bad Religion, Pat Flynn of Have Heart, Dave Smalley, etc. Well, if you were to stack rank genres in order of education from most to least, I would guess that probably Gent is number one. That's where you're gonna find a lot of people in STEM fields. There's a lot of engineers and scientists and stuff like that who are really smart and have a lot of degrees and make a lot of money. That's how come they can afford their three thousand dollar eight string guitars probably second after that i would say like hipster hardcore like converge and botch and that kind of thing although those people 
are probably gonna tend to have more like humanities degrees. And so they're gonna make like 70% less than the gent people. And then after that, you know, there's pop punk and a bunch of other stuff in the middle. And at the very bottom, I would say it's a tie between butt rock and crust punk. In both situations, whether we're talking about casualties or five finger death punch, you're gonna find a lot of GEDs in the crowd. Although I'd say the five finger death punch crowd probably smells better. So I sat down to write a folk punk song full of stupid cliches. From Luke, can we get a video on the late 90s swing slash big band revival? That did happen. And it was very interesting. I don't know if I'd say that it deserves more attention than it gets, but it did happen for like nine months or something, like in, I don't know, 97, 98. It was all about swing dancing. There was this Gap commercial that came out that I think really popularized it. Baby, baby, it looks like it's gonna hell. Cherry Pop and Daddies had that song Zoot Suit Riot that was really popular. Half the hardcore guys I knew were getting pompadours and taking swing dancing lessons because they wanted to find some hot rockabilly girl or whatever. And then nine months later, just poof, it was gone. Thank you, Lord, for saving us from what could have been a truly terrible plague. From Grant Tremboli, you and Lynn are awesome. That is all. Thank you, Grant. I appreciate that. By the way, I wanted to give a shout out to my wife and her YouTube channel. If you're into pop culture commentary, she has now decided to do YouTube full time. Today is the last day of her job. By the time you see this video, she will be a full time content creator. I happen to think her videos are pretty great. So if you like funny videos about Cheesecake Factory and Starbucks and Sephora, check her channel out. I'll link to that in the description too insufferable, self-righteous blue bottle hipsters who spend a little too much time on their snobby hobby and need to spend a little more time on growing the fuck up. From Jason DeLam, what are your thoughts on the rise of VTubers and virtual singers like Hatsune Miku, Kizuna Ai, and Project Melody? Well, I don't know a ton about any of these. Like Hatsune Miku is the only one I'm like really very familiar with, but I think what it goes to show is that people want to follow characters and individuals, and it actually doesn't matter whether that character is a real human being or not. And this is what's missing from so many rock bands. Like take a band like Polaris, for example. I'm just picking them at random, but like, can you think of anything about them? Could you even pick the people in the band out like from a police lineup? I don't think I could. And I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that this is what the VTuber thing reveals. We want to support individuals, not groups of people so much as individuals who have some sort of distinctive, larger than life personality about them. So if I was an artist of any kind, I would be watching what all those VTubers are doing and taking some notes. And if you're asking, does that mean I'm gonna start wearing a maid outfit in my next video? Yes, yes it does. From Sam Wagner, do a video about the downfall of Tumblr. I've actually thought about this because I loved Tumblr. I was super active on there around like 2011 to 2012 or so. It was super cool. Like that was when the sad boy pop punk thing was on fire, which to me was like synonymous with Tumblr. But Tumblr really fell off, I would say probably around 2013 or so. A lot of people will point to the fact that they got bought by Yahoo and then they banned porn as the downfall of Tumblr, which was definitely part of it. But I would say the bigger factor in the downfall of Tumblr was that the culture around that time got super, super toxic. This is where like cancel culture started. There's a whole wing of Tumblr that was like kind of glorified mental illness in a really dysfunctional way that was super not healthy and just it got very, very dark and nasty and dysfunctional, like kind of all of a sudden. And as soon as it did, I just wanted nothing to do with it. Everyone trying to call each other out and cancel each other and like just 
bad news. Almost overnight, it went from being sort of this fun, happy-go-lucky place that was all about fandoms to being like the home of toxic, gross cancel culture. And that's when I was like, nope, I'm out of here, goodbye. From Avalon Away. To what degree do you think TikTok is changing the music landscape and how music marketing works? Is it actually changing it for the long term or is it more of a fad that will die in a bit, maybe post COVID? I don't think that TikTok is changing the fundamentals of how music is marketed. I mean, from the beginning, music has been about charismatic people playing catchy songs that become popular with teenagers and that's how trends start and grow. That's been the way it's worked since like the 50s and TikTok is just the new manifestation of that. But I will say that for at least the foreseeable future, if you wanna market your music, you need to be focusing on TikTok, period. Like if it's not popping on TikTok, it basically might as well not exist. Right now, it's still really easy to get organic reach on there. I have like 15,000 followers on there. I don't take it seriously at all. And I get videos of like 20 to 50,000 views on there all the time, just reposting clips from YouTube. So jump on that while you still can because it's probably not gonna last forever. From Arctic Raven 907 I don't have a question. I just really enjoy your down-to-earth videos spreading a positive attitude. The scene really needs more of that energy, especially during these times. Thanks. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that you noticed it. And to be clear, I'm not into like the PMA thing. I think it's kind of corny. Like forced positivity to me is just as kind of silly as being super cynical and negative all the time. But I will say this, as somebody who has struggled with depression and anxiety my whole life, I understand it's not this simple, but to a large extent, happiness is a choice. And what I mean by that is, it's very easy to find fault in anything if you want to. You can take fucking, you know, your newborn baby, and if you wanna like go down the list and point out all their flaws and come up with a bunch of reasons why actually being a parent sucks and my baby is crap compared to the other ones, you can do that and you can make yourself feel shit if you want to, but what is the point of that? And I think a lot of people do that with just everything in life. It's not about glossing over the difficult or negative things in life because they do exist and the people who don't acknowledge them are fucking idiots. It's more about just choosing to focus your energy on the positive things rather than just making yourself unhappy by letting all your energy get drained by the bad stuff. And most importantly, posting cringy motivational quotes from Gary Vaynerchuk on your social media all day, every day. That's how to really let people know you're positive. All right, my friends, that does it for this installment of viewer comments. Again, thank you very much to everybody who comments. I read all of them and I appreciate every single one of them. Before I let you go, I gotta plug my merch. For example, the best-selling pop punk but breakdown shirts designed by Andre Feely. This MySpace deathcore style shirt with, of course, an edgy slogan and impact font on the back. And my neon cartoon monster shirt designed by Michael Shantz, the legend. You can get all those at the link in the description. And as always, I want to thank everybody who supports us on Patreon, especially those of you who support at the true cult level or above. It is because of your support that we're able to do the podcast. So thank you very much for that. Patrons get every podcast a week early. There's a members only private discord server that I'm in all the time. I do Q and A's. I've been doing some giveaways, gave away like some speakers and headphones and stuff. There's also a way to have me review your music or artwork or podcast or anything else that you want to get my eyes or ears on. So if that sounds cool to you, you can join the Patreon at the link in the description. And with that, I'm going to sign off for now, but I will see you next time. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 